Hey, everybody, this is the Unredacted Podcast with Kurt Schlichter. Welcome to Town Hall VIP, giving you your money's worth every single week. And while I'm here, make sure you're checking out the stream of consciousness video where I just sort of sit down and start talking for no apparent reason. And uh, that's unlike this, where I sit down and start talking, but I don't get filled. Uh, usually when I do this podcast, I have an idea where I'm going. I have an idea today. We're going to see Lauren Bobert. Lauren Bobert. I just like saying Bobert. And uh, we'll be talking about that. But anyway, get the stream of consciousness, 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 uh, which is uh, uh, every Friday. And, of course, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you've got town hall articles, columns, things. And there should be a good one today on due process. So I've uh, I've uh, uh, done my, what, what do you call it? Uh, uh, promotion, cross-promotion, just pollinating all over the place here on uh, town hall VIP. Let's get right into it. So what happened is uh, on Thanksgiving footage came out of Lauren Bobert. You know Lauren Bobert. She's a... Uh, uh, the cute, perky, uh, gun-loving Republican from Colorado. And she is, uh, one of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of the conservative rebels, right? She's, uh, uh you know, she used to run a restaurant or a bar. She's not, uh, one of these Harvardy people. Uh, she probably makes Liz Cheney just grind her fangs. Uh, also because she's very attractive. Okay. She is essentially the equivalent of AOC and they have some in common and there's some, there is some I like about AOC. I like that AOC was bartender. AOC had a real job where she had dealt with real people and, you know, she wasn't like an HR director or diversity inclusion equity official or some crap like that. She actually slung drinks, dealt with drunks, handled idiots. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of value to that. And I think real life experience is something our politicians are sorely missing. Um, Bobert, remember with Bobert, a lot of it is about class because this is not a gal who went to Yale. This is not a gal with, you know, a law degree. This is not a gal who is, um, one of the in crowd, one of the elite. Uh, uh, hence that the, the whole, uh, uh, bartender thing. Uh, she's kind of like that and super popular among Republicans. Now, I had not met her until I was, uh, let me name drop. I'm, so I'm chilling in the back area, uh, the, the speaker's lounge, if you will, of CPAC summer with my pal, Jesse Kelly, right? And there's all sorts of people. Alex Berenson's in there and, uh, uh, and what's his name? Gordon Chang and, uh, you know, Various politicians are in there. The politicians I had my speaking thing with are in there. Uh, and we're just, we're just chilling and there's alcohol because yay. And, uh, Jesse and I are sitting there. Lauren Bobert comes in and, uh, she's like Frodo tall. This is not a big person. She's little and she runs up and knows Jesse and, you know, I meet her and, uh, I never really talk to her much, but I kind of watched her talking to Jesse. And, you know, there, there, there is a tendency for snobs to think, eh, because she's attractive and didn't go to, go to the right college, she's got to be dumb. Uh, I did not find her dumb. I actually found her uh, 
quite smart. And what was interesting is part of what she was talking about was kind of inside Congress issues, not not the big showy issues that the public likes, but inside con- congressional, uh, you know, it had to do with mailing stuff. And she was taking a lead on that. And I was like, huh, because if you're kind of a, you know, kind of a all hat and no cattle person to take a Texas kind of uh, image, you don't, you know, you, you go for high visibility things, but you don't do the actual work. She was talking about the actual work, the actual getting stuff done. And I kind of respected that. I, I didn't know what to expect when I met her. Um, and, uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, of course she has input on big issues. Uh, but, uh, she, she, she impressed me because she was also talking about administrative stuff, which is kind of getting things done. And if you're just all talk, you're not even going to bother with that. You're going to go find a camera and get in front of it. And that isn't what she was doing. Now she has no problem getting in front of a camera. And people like to film her because she can be outrageous. So somebody films her uh, talking about being in a elevator with Ilan Omar, you know, that ingrateful Somalian refugee who came over here, became a communist, hates the country that saved her worthless freaking life. Did she marry her brother? I don't know if she married her brother. I'm just going to I'm just going to call her brother curious. Okay. So I don't know if she married her brother. I'm just saying I would not be surprised at all if she, in fact, did have sibling nuptials, which wouldn't be a great band. Hi, I'm uh, I'm Dan. I'm the drummer for sibling nuptials, uh, and this is uh, K-Rock. So that would be sibling nuptials. Anyway, I don't know if she married her brother or not. I'm just saying all the pieces fit. Anyway. So uh this horrible, horrible person is in the elevator with Lauren Barbett and says something to Bobbitt like, you don't have to be afraid of me. And Bobbitt's, Bobert says, uh, I'm not afraid of you. You don't have a backpack. See, because 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 Ilan Omar likes jihadis and jihadis wear backpack suicide bombs. That's the joke. But nobody thought it was funny. Well, I thought it was freaking hilarious. I thought it was the funniest damn thing ever. Uh and, uh, you know, Twitter, of course, explodes in a, a, a frenzy of Tubinesque masturbation, uh, where they touch themselves into what passes for a frenzy. Kinzinger comes on that piece of shit and says, uh, you are trash. Ah, well, you know, the, the, the old kid's phrase takes one to no one comes to mind, you piece of shit. Uh, fucking Kinzinger. Anyway, um, and I know there were some American conservatives. And I, oh, my God. Oh, how I never. Oh, well, I never. this is not who we are. Well, I'll tell you, folks, it is exactly who I am. And I want to digress here before I get back to Lauren, Lauren Boebert uh, about, you know, some people go, Kurt, why do you intimate that you've had sexual relations with the mothers of uh, people you don't like on Twitter? And I don't really because I do mom with a zero instead of an O. And. People are like, well, this doesn't, yeah. And I, I did it with the bulwark guys. I said some like, you know, right now a bulwark staffer is failing to sexually satisfy his wife. And I tweet that out. And the bulwark people freaking reacted, which I love. They were like, oh, this doesn't add to the discussion. Okay. I want to clarify. I'm not having a fucking discussion with you people. 
because you are not my peers. You are not worthy of me treating your ideas as worthwhile or discussing or debating them. To me, you exist only as training aids. And my mockery of you, which I will do on my own terms, specifically targeting your, you know, I'll be nice, lack of masculinity uh, and impotence, uh, plays a couple different roles. First, I think it's fucking funny. Second, a lot of you think it's funny, and it's very important that you guys think things are funny. It is important that we build up morale. It's important that we say no. It is important that we fuck with these people. Why is that, Kurt? Because morale is important. Look, I was in a job where you basically had to talk a bunch of uh, teenagers with guns into following you up a fucking hill. All right? And if you couldn't convince them to follow up the hill because they had no morale because they thought they were going to lose, you didn't get up the hill and you lost. For too long, conservatives have been unwilling or unable to inspire their people, to make them laugh. Andrew Breitbart taught us that when you're laughing, you're winning. And I got to tell you, when you're a bulwark staffer and you're saying, no, I too can sexually satisfy my wife, you are not winning. You are losing. You are turning into a corn cob, but not quite as hard, more flaccid, as it were. See, and the joke is that they can't perform sexually as men. I've taken to now explaining jokes because it really insults, you know, the, the, the people I dislike because it makes it seem like I think they're stupid because, well, I think they're stupid. Anyway, uh, so I, I tend to do these things. I tend to insult them in ways that have nothing to do with policy because I'm not going to discuss policy. This is not a discussion. That doesn't help the discourse. I'm not here for the discourse. I'm here to defeat you. And one of the ways I do it is inspiring my people. And our way I do it is making you look like fucking pussies, which is not hard since you cooperate by being fucking pussies. So when Lauren Boebert goes and intimates that someone who has shrimped the toes of terrorists since she's been in Congress, you know, she's constantly sucking up to the Palestinians. She's constantly, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, intervene on behalf of fucking terrorists. You know, she famously said about 9-11, so people did a thing. Uh, she's an anti-Semitic bitch. You know, bitch, fuck you. You play with your hotties. I'm going to I'm going to fucking make the joke. Well, you're being mean to Muslims. Let's assume that's true. So the fuck what? I mean, let's face it. You're going to call us racist no matter what. You're going to totally call us racist. No matter what. So I'm not interested in whether you do or don't. Because you're going to do it anyway. So I have nothing to lose. I might as well get a good fucking laugh out of it. So when she said you don't have a suicide bomber backpack on, basically, without explaining it. Omar's like, hey, you know, the Congress must take steps against this racism. Yeah, fuck you. Here's my step. Here's my step. Fuck off. And that's what Lauren Boebert should have said. Now, I go on Twitter, and I just launch a fusillade against her critics. All right? And a lot of people join it. And we're like, fuck you. You know, Lauren did nothing wrong. And then Lauren puts out a tweet, and it says, 
I'm sorry if I offended members of the Muslim community. I've reached out to the other congressperson in mind uh, or involved, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You apologize. Why the fuck would you apologize? Now, there's a couple reasons. Well, let's take the most personal one for me. You fucking cut us off. We're out there defending you. Pointing out accurately, might I add, that you did nothing wrong. And then you come out and apologize and leave us hanging. Okay, I stopped defending her after that. Because if she won't defend herself, I got her fucking things to do. Like write my book, which I'll talk to you about. And there are people who are totally pissed. Never apologize. It was a terrible mistake. Now, there are rumors that Kevin McCarthy came and said, uh, I'm going to take your committee assignments if you don't apologize. I'd like to think Kevin McCarthy's not that fucking stupid, but I don't expect anything from the establishment. Uh, whoever, gave, whoever told her to do that gave her bad advice, but she is the congressman. She shouldn't have done it. If Kevin McCarthy told her, I'm going to take your uh, seat, she should have said, go ahead and take them. They'll give me more time to fundraise and more time to fucking make sure that you don't become speaker. Because I'm more popular than you are, which is true. She's more popular than base. She could have done whatever she wanted. She could have wrote her own ticket. Now, there is the possibility that she felt morally conflicted and thought, you know, perhaps that was a bad thing to say. And perhaps I shouldn't have said it. And perhaps, and I'm like, no. Just no. Okay? There was nothing wrong with it. If, she, if she's that fucking morally confused, can't help her. Uh, she shouldn't have backed in. Never backed in. Never apologize. It, do, do, when is the time someone has said something that wasn't actually horrible, like these, like this. It was actually funny. And they've apologized. And the other side's gone, I accept your apology. Let's be friends. Immediately, Omar says, well, that's not good enough. You know, and shit like that. Well, there you are. Congratulations. Oh, and of course, leftists were like, see, even she's backing down. So you left your allies hanging. You uh, validated your enemies. And you looked weak. Because people are like, and this isn't just in public. This is back channel stuff from uh, uh, prominent conservatives of prominence going, oh, my gosh, I don't understand what the fuck she did. That was horrible. That was weak. That, she really screwed up her brand. This is a problem, okay, for her. I don't know. Who, who's going to back Bobert now? I mean, really, next time Bobert says something outrageous, am I going to stand up and go, hey, I'm going to defend. No, I'm not. Not because I don't dis, because I somehow disagree with whatever outrageous she says. I probably won't. I'd probably be all for it. But I'm going to have to wonder whether she's going to turn around and screw me over by letting me go out on a limb, then sawing it off. Okay? Don't fuck your friends. Don't fuck your friends. In the figurative sense. But that's what she did by apologizing. Look, never apologize to these people, particularly if you're not sorry. And even if you are sorry, they're just going to use it as a weapon. These are not, look, this is not normal life. Okay? You know, if you're, you know, in church and you float an air biscuit, yeah, apologize that you cut a fart. All right? 
if you get mad at somebody in your land, snap at them. You know? Yeah, go ahead and apologize. If you think you were wrong, maybe they deserve to be snapped at. If you think you're wrong, go ahead and apologize. This is not real life. These are not real people. I want to own ours not out there, uh, you know, objectively evaluating what you have to say. She's not your fucking friend. She hates you and literally wants you dead. Do you think for a minute, Ilan Omar would not see you murdered if she could get away with it? Do you think for one second? Because she's certainly happy to have that happen to Jews in Israel. She's there clapping her fucking brother touching hands every time some fucking Palestinian scumbag murders a a Jewish citizen. She's excited about terrorism. And you you think you're going to win her over by treating her like a real person, by pretending that the conventions of polite society apply in this? Hey, Lauren, hey, everybody else, this is for all the fucking marbles. This is life and death. They freaking hate you. Stop pretending they don't. And you conservatives, alleged conservatives, who are saying, well, this doesn't, that's just horrible. Never take sides against your own people. Never apologize for your own people. This is not real life. You do not have some sort of moral obligation to tone police uh, the people that you frankly look down on anyway. Because re- remember, a lot of the hate, like I said, a lot of the hate from the conservative uh, establishment to Lauren Boebert is both uh, uh, class anxiety and envy. She's not one of us. She didn't go to Princeton. And it's also envy because she's prettier and more popular than any of them will ever be. I mean, Liz Cheney. How much does Liz Cheney hate Lauren Boebert? Although, theoretically, they agree on pretty much everything. Theoretically. Cheney hates her because she's a pretty woman who people actually like. And Liz Cheney's the Beltway cowgirl, a suppository for the establishment, who resides in its colon. There's an image. You know, it's, you've got to understand that the rules you want to apply are weaponized against you. So-called politeness, so-called maturity, so-called dignity, so-called discourse. It is all a weapon against you. You cannot win on the, 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 the standard playing field of politeness and niceness. You can't win because they're not playing that game. And you look like a fucking idiot when you are. And they're not. Dude, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at Lorraine, Lauren Bobert because she fucking apologized like a fool. Because she doesn't know what time it is. I just, uh, she had so much potential. I don't know how she gets it back. Because I'll tell you, you know, those of us who went out on a limb to defend her, she screwed us over. She didn't give a, a, a second of thought to the people protecting her, the people defending her, the people who came out on her side. Instead, she went over and made nice with the enemy, thereby making us look like assholes. That's not okay. I am not happy about that. It is a huge error. And I've, I've, I've 
I've said so on Twitter. And maybe if I'm backstage at CPAC next time, uh, if she remembers who I am, which is probably fucking doubtful, because, you know, who the fuck am I? If she asks me, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to say, you fucked up. You fucked up and you screwed people like me over because we were defending you and then you just fucking surrendered and left our asses hanging. So maybe, maybe the next apology ought to be to us for backing you up, right? And you not being there for us. Maybe that should be the next fucking apology since you love freaking apologizing. So enough of that. That's my Lorraine Boebert rant. What else is in the news? Well, I'm writing The Fallen Rise of America. I'm about 43,000 words in. Hopefully, by the time this weekend is over, I'll be about 55,000. It's going to be about 80,000, maybe a little more. Uh, it's interesting. I'm writing about a lot of scenarios. Less scenarios about America could fall, about a lot of scenarios about how America could be great again. Uh, I think it'll be great again. I'm going to give you a spoiler. I, I think, I think we're going to come out of this, but I think we have a huge potential for America to change. Well, will America fall? Well, it depends on what you mean by fall. I'm not sure it's going to be like it ever was. Um, I think it is going to change and I'm hoping it changes in a conservative direction. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping our next president, who will need to start the fight, uh, will uh, will see it that way. Because otherwise, I think we got bad things. And I talk about national divorce. I talk about the potential for civil war. Talk about the potential for Chinese taking over. Talk about economic collapse. A lot of bad scenarios. A lot of good scenarios too. Maybe less bad. Bottom line is, I do think America is going to change. Civilizations change. The Romans. I talk about the Romans. They were a kingdom first, then a republic, then an empire. Uh, they they were in a they were they were always in flux, but they were always recognizably Roman. What will America be? I don't know. But hopefully, if you read the book, maybe uh, maybe I'll give you some. Uh, maybe you'll get some uh, 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 ideas ideas about uh what might happen i think it's I, I think it's kind of a cool book so we're getting that done that's gonna be out july 12th i gotta get in by january 15th and i'm gonna swing right into my next kelly turnbull conservative action novel number six by or seven fuck seven by the way and this is just for you vip guys uh if you email me i will uh I will get you your uh I, I can get you signed copies of these books. I got these huge piles of books in my house. I just got like a hundred more copies in because people are buying them left and right. I'll send them signed for that you just send me an email. I'll give you all the details. So it's good. But go out and buy the books on Amazon. If not, perfect one's a gift, uh, especially for that liberal in your life uh who needs to put a read a book that'll put hair on his chest, particularly if it's a chick. And, uh, like read my town halls, go to my on locals page where you can find all my Kurt stuff. And, um, that's about it for, uh, my podcast for today. Thanks for listening. See you next time on unredacted the town hall VIP podcast with Kurt Stricker. Adios. Bye.